up, everybody? Welcome into this TGIF edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. As Mark is getting a little R&R this week, it's been fun to be with you. We've had a lot of good stuff this week. We'll have even more GM of Lone Star Sports and Entertainment. My man, David Fletcher, going to join us. We've got a lot of stuff happening at NRG Stadium before training camp starts. And we'll get to that in just a second. A big piece of news came out yesterday. I want to reiterate it because we're three weeks away from training camp, but we'll wait for that. July 20th, my guys from Manchester City, Pep, Kevin De Bruyne, with new signees to the team. Calvin Phillips coming over from Leeds United. Really excited to see Manchester City against Club America on July 20th. That's going to happen. That's all a res- that's all due to my man David Fletcher and Lone Star Sports Entertainment. There's also the Tax Act Texas Bowl. We got to talk about that. And because Fletch is so involved in college sports, I got to ask him about USC and UCLA, both going to the Big Ten. I know it sounds weird, right? I mean, USC and UCLA are going to the, the Big Ten, odd. But I was out in LA last week when that news broke. And I wasn't listening to sports radio while I was out there. And just now it's LA Sports Radio. I'm not listening to them talk about the Dodgers and anything else and you know, the Lakers. But I would be curious if that actually was a big talking point. I don't know. We'll find out in due time. But USC UCLA going to the Big Ten. Don't know what directly that means for the Big 12, the Big Ten. Well, we do know what it means for the Big Ten, but I don't know for the Big 12, SEC, ACC. What even means for the Pac-12 right now? So we'll figure all that out later. But I know Fletch is going to have some opinions on what's going on at college sports. He's one of the best and brightest in that field. They do a great job at LSC. So he will join us in just a little bit. But this is a defensive back Friday. I'm a former defensive back. Played safety. Played a little corner when I was a freshman in college. Played safety when I was in high school. I was too slow to play corner. But, you know, when you're smart, you can do some things. Hey, you never know. So it's a defensive back Friday. So we're also going to have a little where are they now with Danielle Manning. And Lovey Smith told us a great story back. This was uh, probably a few months ago. We were talking about the draft process and him going to pro days and such. And he said when he was head coach with Chicago Bears, he said one of his area scouts that was the area scout down here in the southwest area said, hey, look, coach, I want you to come see this guy work out. You got, you got to see him. I love this guy. You really need to take a look at Danielle Manning. And we're going to do this workout at Corsicana High School. Now, I went to Corsicana back in December. It was a Division II bowl game that I got a chance to do. And Corsicana is really, the stadium's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was kind of fascinating. And this scout convinced Lovey Smith, come on out and see Danielle Manning. And it was basically four people there. It was the scout. It was Lovey. It was Danielle. And I think it was Danielle's mom or a family member. Uh, of Daniels, that was it. Four people at Corsicana High School doing his workout. And oh, by the way, that scout was Chris Ballard, who is now the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. And love that was love. He's telling a story as a way of saying, "I love going on the road for pro days and working guys out. I love that. I love the process of that." Uh, and you could tell during this last draft off season that Lovey was out and about. He was at A and M. He was at Ohio State. I think he was at LSU too. Cincinnati. He was at a lot of different places uh, for pro days, which. You see some head coaches, but eh, you don't see a ton of them. But Lovey was out and about. Now, that story was about Danielle Manning. 
Daniel Manning did a little Where Are They Now with Drew Doherty, so we'll have that a little later in the show. But we're going to kick off today's show first with minor news. You already know this. Training camp, July 29th. I'll do the math for you. Three weeks from today, at this time, Mark Vandermeer and I will be recapping what happened in training camp day one. That's a three weeks. Three weeks. That's all you got to wait. And one of the guys that I have a feeling we'll be talking about is defensive back MJ Stewart. Now, if you don't know much about MJ, he had his career, not that MJ, even though they did both go to North Carolina. MJ, not Michael Jordan, MJ Stewart, played his college ball at North Carolina, had a great senior year, really good senior ball, got drafted, played with the Browns, had a couple of solid games last year for the Browns, hit the free agent market, Texans jumped on it, brought him here to put him into competition uh, in that back four at safety. It was fun getting an opportunity to talk with MJ Stewart. So here we go. Mark, me, and MJ. MJ Stewart. New Texan MJ Stewart joining us on Texans Radio. Great to have you with us. So how's it been here so far? Man, it's been a a blessing, man. You know what I mean? Just, you know, uh, the coaches, the players, everybody has just embraced me. You know what I mean? I've been learning the defense, you know, so I'm blessed. Okay, I'm going to ask you the most difficult question you're going to get all day. Are you a corner, a nickel, or a safety? So I play all of them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know which is why I asked. I think, that. I think I think at this point in my career, I'm a safety. What do you enjoy? And it's got to be so different playing corner, especially on the outside, mm-hmm. than playing safety. Yeah, it is definitely different. You know, safety's more. You know, you up top, you can see everything you're more like the quarterback of the defense. Whereas, like you know, corner is more like a is me versus you. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, you versus the receiver, who gonna win? You know, what I mean. So playing here. Been around the league for a while, but you get to play in a Lovey Smith defense. And, and I don't know, maybe that factored into your decision. Maybe it didn't. But now that you've been here and you've seen how you fit into it, what kind of decision did you make for yourself to be in this defense playing for Lovey and for the Texans? Uh, it was probably the best decision for me, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, being in the defense for a little bit now, you know, I love it. The defense is great, man. Uh, the way, you know, Coach Lovey has the scheme. Is uh is is made for people to make plays. Yep. Uh, you were with the Browns, mm-hmm. and in a playoff game, had what like ten tackles and a pick, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And not that we've ever heard of the Cleveland Browns before. <laughs> there's anything going on, <laughs> but but that had to be special because that was the first playoff victory with the new Browns. Mm-hmm. So, what was that day like for you? Man, it was kind of just like any other day. You know, um, I had got my chance, and I just you know made the most out of it. Um, I mean, you know, I just – every time I step on that field, I'll just be like, bro, it's time to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you got a ball. You know what I mean? So. So, MJ, for play, for fans in, in Houston that maybe haven't seen you play, didn't see you play in that playoff game. And, by the way, that wasn't just a run-of-the-mill game. You didn't have your head coach in that game. Mm-hmm. Right. And you didn't have – there was one other coach you didn't have either in that game, too. I can't remember. But you had some players missing, too. And you beat Pittsburgh on the road. Um not saying I didn't watch that game. I did watch that game. But for fans that didn't and haven't followed your career, mm-hmm. what have the Texans got in an MJ Stewart? What kind of player are you? What are the things that you cherish and that you value in your game? I'm a dog, man. You know what I mean? I'm a dog, and I'm always going to work hard. You know what I mean? You're going to see me out there. I'm going to be talking some trash. You know what I <laughs> mean? But, you know, I'm always going to give you my best. You know what I mean? Whether I'm hurt or whatever. If I can go out there on that field, I'm going to give you my all. You know what I mean? You're going to see me at least five to ten times during the game making some type of play. 
because that's what I just pride myself on, you know, when I get a chance to get on the TV, you know, because it's a blessing to be in this position. Yep. So when I get a chance to get on the TV, I want to make sure I'm on the TV. MJ Stewart joining us on Texans Radio. What are you seeing in this Houston offense that you were facing this offseason? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? What are you seeing out of this Texans offense? What's your take on it, what you're seeing them bring to the table here? Throughout man. the offseason practices. Man, the coach, he be dialing it up, man. Especially against <laughs> us, too. He be dialing it up. He be scheming us up, man. Like, it's a, you know, the offense is going to be good. But you have to in the spring. Right. Because you guys are sitting there watching film, and you mess up a play, and the coach is like, hey, we missed it on this particular route. They're going to run that route again, and you're going to get them. They've been working. You guys have been working on seeing them. They've been working on seeing you during this spring. Right. But those are valuable reps that you're getting. You guys in, in Cleveland did get a chance to see Davis Mills for a little bit. I don't know. It was week two. You probably didn't know a lot about him going in. What do you see from him specifically facing him, Davis Mills, every day? Yeah, I mean, I didn't uh, – I know when we played him last year, uh, you know, I really didn't know too much about him. Um, but what I've seen since I've been here, you know, he's progressing very well. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's making the right throws, making the right decisions, uh, putting the throws on target. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 100% behind him. All right, MJ, some quick hurry-up offense, off-field questions. You ready? Uh-huh. All right. Other sport you'd be a pro at if it wasn't football, given the ability. What's your choice? Uh, I say dodgeball. Dodgeball. Ooh. I say dodgeball. I like dodgeball. That's the best answer That's we've nice. gotten all day. Like the average Joes. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love uh, it. Other profession, what you'd be doing other than being a professional athlete? Uh, Real estate. Okay. Yes, sir. Are you already dabbling? You're dabbling. Yes, You're sir. more than dabbling. For sure. Right. For sure. Playing Monopoly <laughs> out here. Okay. <laughs> cheat food. What is your favorite cheat food? What, you want to binge on a food. It's not really what Lad Harris would recommend, uh -huh. but what is it? Wings. Wings. Okay. I, I love lemon pepper wings. Are wings Good really bad for wings? you? Uh, wings are fine. It's, it's just one thing. It's wings. If it's one thing, it's fine, right? Yeah. We've had not a sugar. We've had a couple of guys. Lemon pepper wings. Yeah. Lemon pepper like wings. that's been, I think, to me, I don't think that's cheating. I feel like that's actually staying on the that's program. That's health food. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> on, my, on my plan, it's, you know, health food. Give me two or three TV shows you might have binged in the last couple of years that you really like. Um, One is Power. Okay. Um, I'm Ben's watching All American right now. Yes, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm How catching far are up. you in? Uh, season three. Okay, so I got probably the rest of this okay. season and then right. season four. Season four's good. And uh, I actually did like the Euphoria show. You like the Euphoria show? I did like. The Euphoria I haven't show. watched that yet. It's, I, it's different. Yes, I've know? heard it's different. It's very different. I heard but it's, it's, it's I, not a feel good show. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch it with the family. Yeah, not at all. Okay, but yeah, it's, what are going feeling good? No, that's not that one. You said what? All Americans good though. Yeah, for sure. Mark's got to yeah. get up on All American. It's good. <laughs> My kid watches are... that. Is that bad? He's no. sixteen. No, okay. no. Right. The visuals right. are incredible. Yes. Oh, like in a lot of ways, they're, right. they're incredible. Very, cool. very good. All right, I got some doors for you. So where do we start? Okay, Michael or LeBron? You went to North Carolina. In what aspect? In what aspect? The greatest. Man. I should know how you lean on this one because you did go to the University of North Carolina. It's you're tough. Like, it's, it's hard to go against Jordan, but you know what I mean? Like, LeBron mm -hmm. has done some amazing things in his career, too. You mm -hmm. know? So, yep. it's uh, – and, you know, a lot of people try to make the argument about, like, the game has changed. You know, the game was different back then or the game is different now. Like, yep. it's hard to tell. So, you know, it's just 
in their respective times, they're both the greatest. You know what I mean? I can, it's hard to compare them because they both came from That's different areas. Come on, Mr. Tar Heel, answer. You got to pick. <laughs> uh, man, I'm going to go LeBron. Okay. See, I would too. The, alum- the alumni network is pending an email. Dear Mr. Stewart, we heard your answer. Uh, we're going on a trip. Got to wear a suit and tie. I don't know if you have to, but maybe this mm-hmm. in this case we are. Are you wearing some clean Jordans or leather dress shoes? Dress shoes, okay, for sure. Good. I like it. You got to respect the dress shoes with okay. the suit. Okay. Got Very to. nice. Okay. I like it. All right. You got a solo. You can either sing it, guitar it, or drum it. I'm going to sing. You're going to sing it? I'm going to sing. So and what's your go-to song? Right now? Yeah. You no, don't, you don't have to sing We're not going to make you oh, sing Oh, I was about to sing. Oh, oh okay. man. I just killed <laughs> oh, okay. What is your go-to right, you song? You have to sing. Um, I'm going to say um, the Mariah Carey song. You know, we belong together. You know? Yeah. All, All right. right. I like okay. that. You know what I mean? All right. Like so that. would you rather – so this is another one. Would you rather be mic'd up or – Sing your favorite karaoke song at a karaoke bar. Because if you talk trash, you like being mic'd up. I know that. Yeah. But you like to I, sing, I definitely obviously. like being mic'd up, but the karaoke bar right. definitely has my No, he likes being mic'd like up. Yes. Done. All right, MJ, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate it, Thank you. We had a good time with MJ Stewart, no doubt. And I've said this, whether over the years – you know, it doesn't matter whether you get the, the stars on radio or you get even, you know, guys that play a lot or guys that are, you know, the 53rd man on the roster. If they're good on the radio, I'm putting them on the air. David Anderson, when he was with the Texans many, many years ago, became a great friend because he was great on the radio. We'd bring him in. And there was one time he brought his mom in studio with us because he told us a great story about growing up. So if you're good on the radio, you will get on the radio. And MJ Stewart is very, very good on the radio. And we thank him for his Time. I mentioned Man City. They're coming to Houston July 20th. The Tax Act Texas Bowl is coming back. I don't think it ever left. It just waits until December. But that's happening. And the man responsible is David Fletcher, the GM of Lone Star Sports Entertainment. He joins me next right here on Texans All Access. It's All Access. It's All Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Friday edition of Texans All Access as we cruise. But that was good, wasn't it? We cruise into a July weekend. Expect 102 this weekend. It's going to be awesome. But you know what's also awesome is three weeks from today, training camp starts. I can't say that enough, man. I cannot say it enough. However, we got events happening at NRG before training camp starts, which gives me the opportunity to talk to one of my great friends over in the building. Always get a charge in my step when I get the opportunity to talk about my favorite soccer club in the world. And I even get a bigger charge when I get a chance to see them. I get an even bigger charge when I get a chance to talk to my man who is going to make it all happen on July 20th. We got to talk to the GM of LSSC, David Fletcher, my good pal, who is bringing my team, the 2022. Premier League champions, Manchester City to NRG Stadium on July 20th. And as you can tell, Fletch, I am excited. Buddy, what's going on? How's your summer been? Man, ever since we announced this event, it has been a whirlwind. The 2022 Copa de Lone Star, Manchester City Club America. It's made my summer go by really fast. And the next couple weeks, even faster as we head into 
uh, the final stretch before this incredible soccer showcase. Going to be a lot of fun, Johnny. And yes, your guys, outside of a five-minute stretch in the Champions League semifinal, have made this entire journey a lot of fun, given how much success they've had and, and carried into this offseason with some incredible signings as well. Oh, man. Champions League the last two years has just been nothing but a gut punch. Giving up the lead on leg two this year, losing in the finals to Chelsea the year before. Like, oh, but, 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 I'll ask you this. Look, Manchester City's going to have fans regardless. But the energy to be able to say that they were the 2022 Premier League champions happened in all about five minutes in their final game against Aston Villa. How important was it to you or how excited were you to see Man City with those three goals to come from behind to get the win to clinch the Premier League championship? Look, it's incredibly exciting for our community. As a, as a personally, I will say, uh, and I've played soccer We've done so many great events at NRG Stadium in this community. Um, we, we, have, we have a lot to talk about around the, the upcoming World Cup yes. as well. But, um, you know, I can't – my wife would, might argue this a little bit differently, but I don't think I've been more excited than when they scored that third goal outside of maybe Vince Young running into the end zone <laughs> at the Rose Bowl. I, I, I was personally thrilled. Um, and, and that's on top of the great run that Club America had to finish their season. It yep. just created a tremendous amount of excitement around this matchup. These two teams have such great history, such incredible amount of, of respect for each other, but they don't play each other often. Right. So for us as a, as a community, it's, it's a really exciting development. For, for our organization, it's, it's um, incredible that we get a chance to um, bring these two teams to Houston for this experience and yeah i was a little excited to say the least when when that last goal went in uh on uh championship sunday uh, a few few months back okay i'm gonna admit something and i probably shouldn't because it's going to uh show my age which i don't care i tell people i'm 50 i don't care i turned 50 at the end of uh this past march i pulled an oblique jumping off the couch when ilke gunduan hit that third goal to put them ahead i I jumped off the couch and I gave it the double fist and I was going nuts. And after the game was over, I got off the couch. I was like, man, why's my back? Like what's going on with my back? And then I realized that's not really my back. It's like my side and Fletch for a whole week. I could barely move because I sighed. And I was like, the only thing that happened was I celebrated three straight goals in about five or six minutes of game time for Man City against Aston Villa to win a championship. So that was a, getting old, but B showing how much I've changed that I get excited about soccer, but uh, it is exciting to get. Well, but John, that's, that's the passion that, that exists yes. in soccer. We know our, we know our Texans fans are, are incredible, but, but there's just something about this, this game and, and this sport that, that um, you see it come um, every four years with the world cup when, when the national teams are on the line, but, but the, the growth and the explosion of particularly premier league soccer um it's just it's the fandom is unbelievable and and it it creates such compelling content yep. and we've had so many of these great matches at NRG Stadium and we're really excited July 20th Copa de Lone Star uh 2022 as these two teams get together um it's going to be a great spectacle global audience and two of the premier brands coming together for just the third time ever yep. and the first time in over a decade Club America and uh, Man City. Soccer fans know this. Houstonians are certainly feeling it post-World Cup announcement. 
Um, the energy around soccer is, is great. And we're really excited that, that this is the first match after that announcement, the first match um, at NRG Stadium this year uh, that, that just continues to fuel Houston as a soccer destination globally. And um, you're not going to want to miss out. I can promise you that. Fletch, you and I, I don't know if we've talked about it. I know we haven't talked on the air about it. And you've mentioned it, the World Cup announcement. I don't even know that I can can really comprehend and our, and our fans and listeners can comprehend the world cup being in Houston. But I ask this of Mark all the time. It's my, we do a segment called gut reaction. Did you, I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen, but until it was set in stone and it was announced, I wasn't totally sure. What was your gut reaction to hearing Houston as an NR, as a site for the world cup in 2026? It was um, pure joy, uh, and and uh, I'd say uh, guarded expected joy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have worked Quick so point. hard as an organization, as a as a community, going back sixty plus years. There are so many people who laid the foundation of uh, of what Houston is now as as a premier destination for soccer globally. Um, but but certainly have to give credit where credit is due. Chris Canetti and the and the World Cup Big Committee uh, did such a fantastic job of positioning Houston uh, not only as a global um, a, a, a great global city, but um, showcasing all the successes we've had from all the other major events, soccer and non-soccer, in this community. Houston's hosted more major events on the sporting front than any community in the U.S. over the last 15 years. Super Bowls, Final Fours, Copa America, Major League Baseball All-Star Games, World Series, you name it, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not just about our operational abilities. It's about the spirit of Houston and about the way that we as, as a community come together to make these things happen. And it, it resonated with, with FIFA. I was very um, excited to um, see the results. I was very proud of the work we've done, along with the Dynamo and the Dash and and all the, the, the youth organizations here that, that have been such a part of the history. Um, we've got an incredible four years ahead of us. It's going to be great for Houston because you're going to see more opportunities like the Copa de Lone Star uh, come into Houston over the next four years, building upon what will be the ultimate prize that month in June and July of 2026, when all of the world's eyes will be on our community. And that, that is something that there will be a lot of work that's something that personally as a Houstonian, as somebody who played soccer as a kid here and, and, and was able to, to be a part of uh, the story over the last decade um, and what our organization has done over the last two decades. Uh, that is something that, that, that was just really just joy is the best way to describe it. And there's a lot of work ahead, but we're, we're ready to get to work. That's an insane stretch to start 2026 rodeo, then right to, um, from rodeo, there will be a little time frame. Obviously, OTAs, mini camps, football. We'll stick that in there. But then you go from that to World Cup to the start of the NFL season, all in one fell swoop. Oh, the Super Bowl championship for the Texans. It yes. sounds like a great year. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm looking man. forward to it. No pressure, Mister. No, no pressure, Nick. Uh, it yeah, gets work. You know, Nick can love it. You got, <laughs> you got time. But, but that's that's the year you're you're gonna do it. Uh, 2026 to 2025 season. Okay. Write it down. Let's not and let's not let's, let's not uh, let's not kid ourselves too, John. I mean, yes, that that will ultimately be an incredible year. But but Houston is the center of the sporting world for the next four years. We've got some men's final four next April. 
Yep. We've got the college football playoff national championship in January of 2024. Um, and, and all the other events that we have on a regular basis here, it's the place to be. Yep. It, it helps us to uh, build upon what we've known, which is this is a great community. And uh, now we, we get, we've got a stretch, an unprecedented stretch that uh, we'll, we'll get a chance to execute and, and, and showcase why this is such a fun place to be. So. No doubt. And Fletch, we'll flip over to American football. I don't know that we've talked about this on the air, but Tax Act Texas Bowl. I always have to say it slow because when you say it too fast, there's no telling what can happen. Um, I used to have a problem with my back, and if I said it too fast, it sounded very bad. So I always say Tax Act Texas Bowl very slowly and deliberately, but glad to see Tax Act back again for a second year. But bowl game updates. I know the bowl game uh, has moved up a few days. Your thoughts about Tax Act Texas Bowl back for a second year. Well, look, we're, we're incredibly excited to welcome Tax Act back for a, for a long-term relationship with the game. A great title sponsor that, that came on last year, a Texas-based company. Um, and, and we've got, um, through our partnership with them and ESPN, we've got a runway now to really go and execute upon it over the next two years um, and, and hopefully beyond, um, building upon what they're all about, which is really challenger brand. They're, they're out there. In a, in a in a marketplace um, that that everybody knows and and doesn't necessarily love, which is tax uh, tax preparation, <laughs> but it's a, it's something you need to do, and, yep. and they're the best, and and so we've got a chance to help them as you head into tax season, really tell their story. But more importantly, they're excited to to be a part of something that is so important to Houston, to Texas, where they're based, uh, and and to uh, college football fans, which is the Tax Act Texas Bowl, moving back into our traditional window. Wednesday, December 28th, in prime time for the 10th straight year on ESPN. Great matchup between the Big 12 and the SEC. Uh, and, and who knows where, where the landscape of college football will be come December 28th. But for now, you know, we, we feel really excited about the opportunity to once again host college football's biggest event here in Houston. Uh, got a great stage, uh, two and fantastic conference partners. Uh, there'll be a lot of noise over the next couple months, years, whatever it may be. Um, but what we know is we're going to be able to deliver, you know, a, a, a huge showcase for Houston. Again, one of the best college football events uh, in, in the entire country, a top five in attendance, top 10 in TV viewers. And, and really what it's all about is a huge impact on Houston and a great charity in the Pelton Children's Center. So more to follow on, on what, um, you know, when you can get your chance to, to be a part of this year's experience. Uh, we'll go on sale uh, later in the fall with tickets, but so many events coming up ahead of that, around it, um, and um, wouldn't be possible without the support of, of a great brand like TaxAct. So we're yeah. excited to have them back and excited to, to, uh, to get back to football. Fletch, this past year, Kansas State, LSU, two great purple teams. It was awesome to see all that purple in the building. But it was the first time you had done the bowl game or the first time you'd done a college football game in a while. How did, how did that go for you and your team? Kind of, was it like getting right back up on the horse or were there just two years? It was, you know, there were some different things. How was doing the bowl game again with Kansas State and LSU that we had this past January? I mean, it's, it's a true celebration of the culture, heritage, and football traditional Lone Star State, and, and it lived up to that billing, uh, a great national stage, um, standalone event. You know, this year we had that January 4th date, which um, 
was a little bit different for the teams, a little bit different for, for our organization, but two incredible uh, participants. LSU um, faced a lot of challenges navigating, you know, a variety of, of issues that, that were uh, present for them at the time. New coach, some, some uh, transfer um, issues, some uh, COVID issues, you know, all the things that, that pretty much could have come together uh, we're, we're hitting them at the time, but, but coach Brad Davis and that team, you know, did everything they, they, that we asked them to do. They were great representatives of the SEC played hard. They played a really good team in Kansas States and, and, and can't say enough about coach Kleiman and, and what the, the, the Wildcats were able to do, not only to, to, to make that a fun entertaining, uh, event, but, uh, to make an impact in our community. Um, you know, it's like riding a bicycle, Johnny. You know, you, you, you may get a little bit of rust uh, as you get back on it, but um, you know what you're doing. We've got a great team here at Lone Star and the Texans, and um, you know we're excited that we were able to get back to football with that. We had an incredible bowl week, and took a lot of learnings post COVID, and, and and are applying those then, and, and and applying them now as we move forward. You know, we've got a, a a couple of college football events this fall in the Battle of Piney Woods, presented by HEB, as we. We, we bring back Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston State for that again. And in the Tax Act, Texas Bowl to round out the year. So no kickoff game this year, um, but uh, still two fantastic opportunities to, um, to, to bring to college football fans in, in Houston. And uh, we're excited that uh, we were able to get back at it last year and, uh, and, and able to build for it this year going forward. Plus, you and I are both, we work in the college football realm in, in different ways, but we're also huge fans. So when I was in Los Angeles and you're one of the biggest fans that I know, I actually thought about you because I was out in Los Angeles, hanging with my family. And I saw the news pop up at about nine in the morning, Pacific coast time that USC and UCLA had decided to go to the big 10 and my jaw dropped because I'm so, you know, big 10's always been Midwest. And even though they brought in Rutgers and Penn state, it's still the Midwest. That's what it is. And then wait, what? USC and UCLA, I just kind of, it stopped me in my tracks. And I've always said, I'm not surprised by anything that happens in football in any way, shape or form. And yes, it's two universities, but let's not get it twisted. This is a football move. What were your initial thoughts when you saw, or what were your thoughts when you saw USC and UCLA going to the big 10, just as a college football fan in general, when you saw that happen, I know my first thought was where, like not knowing the answer, but wondering, okay, where are we going with this thing? Ved five, a power five? Are we going to have a power four? Are we going to have a power two? What's going to happen in the world of college football? How did you react when you heard that news of USC and UCLA leaving? I, I mean, I, I think to, to say I, that I, I, I was not – to say that I wouldn't be, be surprised would, would be maybe um, disingenuous. Look, the reality is that there is incredible transition going on in the college football landscape and college athletics as a whole. Yep. Um, you saw the move with Texas and Oklahoma last year in the SEC. Uh, at the time, everybody thought it would be a precursor to a, a radical transition, realignment of college football. Uh, this is the next domino in that step. Uh, I do think there will be more. Um, you, you saw the Big 12 make, make the move, adding four great universities um, at the end of last year uh, as a counter to that. Now you've got this move. It, the, the the dominoes are all are all in place to to I think ultimately transition college football to its next phase. What that looks like and when that unfolds, 
you know, anybody who tells you they know, I wouldn't <laughs> trust them to buy your lottery tickets. But yeah. you know, the reality is that, that this is this is part of what what I think the the industry has expected to happen, and and it's not going to be easy. Yep. Um, I, I think you're going to see, you know, I, I really, you know, I really personally think there's going to be some, some further transition, whether it that's out as the power five, the power three, the power four, um, how it impacts the college football playoff, the, the bowl system, um, the, the, the college football calendar as a whole over the last 12 months from NIL to transfer portal to scholarship limit discussions, to coaching limit discussions, to realignment. I mean, where, where does it stop, Johnny? You, I'd ask you, where does it stop? At some point it will, and, and college football fans and the business will have to adjust to the new norm. I, I, think, I think we've got a long way to go before, before anybody has the real answers, um, but, but it definitely uh, is another step in the direction towards that. You're, you're absolutely right. When you think about the last, I don't know, think about the last year, uh, let's go 13, 14 months when you bring in the, NIL, you bring in, like you mentioned, coaching staffs increasing at college level, which is we're still waiting on that to happen, but it'll happen soon. This realignment move and the one-time transfer rule, college sports, like, it just went to a whole different ethos. Like, where it went, I don't know. The atmosphere it's in right now is completely different from just three years ago, from before COVID. It's just incredible where it's gone. But I know when those things, those college teams are coming here to Houston, whether it's for the bowl game, whether it's for Piney Woods, uh, they're in good hands because my man David Fletcher is going to take care of them. Fletch, you're the absolute best. My brother, we'll see you on uh, July 20th. We'll see you before that. But July 20th, Man City, Club America, December 28th, bowl game, Tax Act, Texas Bowl. And the man running it all is David Fletcher, and he's an absolute gem of human being. David, appreciate your time, brother. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Johnny, as always. Well, I could talk to Fletch for about three hours. What's going on with college football? Of course, my team, Man City. And I told that story. I kind of fessed up on myself about how I strained or sprained my oblique watching my guys. Yeah, it's, that's the, the danger of being old and being excitable as you're old because it can happen. I'm just surprised this never happened down on the sidelines. Um, but I guess it could. Maybe it could because I've never been 50 down on the sidelines before. But that'll happen in 2022. All right, we get back. A little where are they now to finish? I said it's going to be a defensive back Friday. So how about a little Danielle Manning, Abilene Christian's own, going to join us next with Drew Doherty. Where are they now? Texans All Access. We got one final segment this Friday edition of Texans All Access, and then it's the weekend, baby. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And as I mentioned, it's a defensive back Friday, so let's get to our where are they now that Drew Doherty did with Danielle Manning. Drew, take it away. That's something that I saw from you when you came to the Texans as far as helping other guys on other sides of the ball, too, on, on mm-hmm. offense as well. I mean, I, I remember you – chit-chatting and getting in guys' ears and saying, hey, I saw this, I noticed this, this could be better. Uh, I noticed when you do this, the other guy might count. You know, you were always very proactive about that and not in a pushy way, not in a, you know, yeah. listen to me type of way. It was, it was, hey, I want this, by telling you this, it's going to help us win. Yeah. Did you kind of yeah. get a little bit of that from Lovey? I did. I really did. And, and he, he did promote that. He promoted that with everybody on the team, whether you were the guy on the bench and never probably got the chance to play and or the starters. I mean, he was personable with, with the media at times. And 
I mean, he's he just a great guy to be around, you know, like, like an uncle or dad, you know, I, I got to know his sons pretty well, his mm-hmm. wife, and they were, they, man, lovely family, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for love. I, I really am. Yeah, it was really cool. They were, a lot of them were there yesterday at the press conference. So you had a great run there in Chicago, and then you're a free agent, and thankfully yeah. for the Texans, you come to town during the lockout, and you sign on the same day with cornerback Jonathan Joseph. And instantly, you two were two big reasons. The defense went from being the worst in the NFL in 2010 to being one of the best, if not the best, mm-hmm. just one season later. Why yeah. did you choose Houston? You take the money out of it. Why did you choose the Texans? Well, I wanted to play in my back, my home state, mm-hmm. you know, and um, Dallas and Houston. Well, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I'm not too far from Dallas, so we won't hold that against you. Nah, nah, and I and I'm glad because it, it turned out great. Sure. But you know, I, I said, man, I got to get back home. And Houston, the players that they had, the young guys that we had, we, we they had something there, and I wanted to be a part of that. I remember D'Amico Ryan giving me a call. You know, he had a great year this year. Yes, he did. And D'Amico called me and said, hey, man, we can be living legends if you come here. And I'm like, cool, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take that up, pick that offer up. Yeah. yeah, that's not light talk coming from a guy like that, is it? Nah. <laughs> nah, Domico, cool one of a kind, man. One of a kind. So once you get here and you get through the first day of signing and everything, what was it like getting into that locker room, getting accustomed to things and, and learning that Wade Smith defense? Because you were you were just like everybody else in the locker room, and that was a new defense for them. They were going from 4-3 to his 3-4. Right. Well, you know what? Those guys in that locker room, man, you could see that they wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's all you really need to jail. And I just felt like I was one of those guys. I've been, I feel like I've been there. All, as long as the guys been there, I've been there. And uh, just the atmosphere was right for that team, for that organization, and for that city. It, it was it was right. Yeah, so. and the, the start to that season, it's lots of ups, lots of downs. I mean, you guys played in some phenomenal games. You beat the Steelers. They'd been in the Super Bowl the year before. You have a shootout in New Orleans with Drew Brees at the height of his powers with the Saints. Yeah. You know, yeah, you guys go three great. and three to start things out, but then you guys really go on a tear. You win six, seven straight and kind of lock things up in the mm-hmm. all the while losing guys like Mario, losing Matt Schaub and Matt Leiner, getting TJ Yates in there. Losing, right. you know, at times Andre Johnson and, and Arian Foster basically were tag teaming, you know, tagging in, tagging out because of hamstring injuries. True, true, man. That was that was that was a test of that team, man. Um, injury prone. Next man up. Uh, you got ooh. injured for goodness' sake. You broke your leg and you still came yeah. back for goodness' sake. Yeah, yeah, man. That, again, that's testament of that team, the training staff, man. I, I know for you, I still talk to some of those guys and the doctors, man. Um, it was just a wild year, man. It was, it was. You couldn't write a better script than that. Even though we didn't win the Super Bowl or whatever, but man, it, that team knew how to win. Then after that season, we knew how to win. What do you remember yeah. about those crowds at home later in the season, on into the playoffs at NRG Stadium? Man, <laughs> it was packed out almost every weekend. Man, that, that it was loud. Uh, I remember one time, Tone Antonio Smith was <laughs> coming out with that mask, and the crowd was man, they were so loud. I said, "Wow!" They were still cheering after me still as loud as they were with Antonio. I was like, man, what is this? That was nice, man. That was nice. That was fun. Um, I have 
I have family that lives in Houston and they was talking about how much that the city was on fire those years, you know? And yeah. that, that was, that made me, made me feel good, man. That was cool. Yeah. 2012 goes really well, done end the way you like it. You know, you start out 11 and one and then we saw what happened there at the very end. You leave the Texans for a little bit, but you come back. What was the second time around like for you? Uh, it, it was different. Um, I wasn't mentally where I wanted to be. I mean, certain things had happened. The organization kind of took a change. So I, it was back to business, but it wasn't as fun as I liked. So that which was led to my me making a decision of return because I didn't want to play for any other team after that. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm going to be a Texan for life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Played well, but I just – football wasn't in me anymore. It's understandable if it's not in you. I you hear you guys say it all the time. You got to get out because you, yeah, it's not something you can do if you're not a 1,000% committed. I'm just not a competitor that way, just to do it for the money. Sure. Uh, I wanted to really play and make a difference because I know at the end of the day, you can't play this game long, so you better play it the right way. Hey, was the Bears game when you guys go up there on Sunday night football that second year in 2012? Was that was that your favorite game as a Houston Texan personally? Uh, it, it, it ranks up there. Uh, it was a lot going on that week. Man, I was getting so many people calling me, media, about that game. And I never really thought about that game. Now, I, I did circle it. Mm-hmm. But as the season went on and progressed before we played, I never thought about that game. I, I really didn't. And uh, that, but they, it was a very fun game, man. <laughs> I love <Some> Big <laughs> hits, a couple takeaways. Texans win yeah. the game. I mean, yeah, yeah. You had made the speech to the team the night before. You know, Gary Kubiak, I did. he talked a few times, Kubiak did after that, how you gave one of those chills speeches where you, you really fired guys up and got, got guys inspired. I did. I stood, man. I stood up on top of the chair and looked over everybody, and it was a good one. It was a good one, man. <laughs> well, what are your favorite memories? What's your favorite memory of your, your time playing as a Texan? Um, tailgating with some of the fans. Uh, <laughs> I'm sometimes after, I would, after wins, right? Nah, it would happen before. I didn't do anything. Seeing people and just trying to be regular and let, let them know and football players, we're doing a great job, but I just want to have fun. It helped me relax a little bit. Then I would circle back and come inside the stadium. That is awesome. I had no idea that Danielle Manning did that, went out and revisited the tailgates. That's really, really cool. And, of course, it tells you the kind of guy that he is. What a fantastic dude. Danielle Manning, another fantastic dude. Drew Doherty, a really fantastic dude. And Mark Vandermeer and MJ Stewart. A lot of thanks to everybody who participated on this show today. We will see you on Monday. And we're that much closer to training camp, people. See you then. And, as always, go Texans.